Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined, as always, by the indefatigable Betsy, my wife. How are you, Bets? Good. Great to have you today. The title for this episode is Holiday Depression and the Role of the Church, and Bets, as you well know, holiday blues is a very real thing. Yes. And and we are addressing something uh, that we that is on both of our hearts that's very important to us because there are many lonely people out there. Right. And we all know that the holidays exacerbate that sense of loneliness, that sense of isolation, that sense of I'm surrounded by everyone whose life is perfect and my life is not perfect. Yes, So, exactly. Bets, remember the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Uh, absolutely. We, Love how, that. We've both seen it dozens of times, right? Yes. Okay. Came out December 9th, 1965. Interesting. Uh, that had something like 50% of the live TV audience watch that when it came out. And that just shows you back in those days, there was like, what, four channels or something? Right. <laughs> Interesting. But, I mean, that's iconic. I mean, everybody in America knows Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, Charlie Brown himself says in the Christmas special, at one point he says, and I quote, I think there must be something wrong with me. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. Mm. Charlie, we can, you know, understand Charlie there. Mm-hmm. He is He's being honest there. And if we are honest, and if many of you out there are being honest, um, you can relate to that. You can say, you know what? I don't always feel happy, clappy, Macy's holiday Christmas with my Christmas sweater and my shopping bags and all the kids look perfect and yeah I think we think we are supposed to feel a certain way you know kind of cozy like you're always holding hot chocolate in your hand or something yep and uh, sometimes it just feels kind of empty pentatonic is singing in the background or or Andy Williams or Frank Sinatra or something Mariah Carey the Christmas music is going. Yeah, and so that's certainly the what's put out in the culture, right? Yes. So, who is lonely during the holidays? Well, let's um, go through a list here of people that we can certainly uh, could be prone to loneliness during the holiday season. Single people, mm-hmm. empty nesters, the elderly, particularly those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Yes. And... Hard to get through those holidays. Very hard, and and particularly when it's the very first holiday. Yeah, it's the first Thanksgiving you haven't had that loved one Mm -hmm. around the table. It's the first Christmas where you haven't been opening presents. Maybe maybe you are um, mourning a diagnosis that you received over the year. Oh, absolutely. You know the the feeling of loss and grief is even more um, intense around the holidays. Yeah, and and that's exactly where I was going because I think that first category of people, we all say, okay, yeah, sure, the elderly, empty nesters, those in nursing homes. But let's not forget this. Anybody can be lonely during the holidays. Mm -hmm. Those who are unemployed, those who are underemployed, those who are sick, those who are having any kind of, of struggle. We live in this broken world. Let's not assume that loneliness is only something that affects this certain category of people, right, Beth? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so here's here's a study from AARP research from December of 2017. Uh, they did a study on holiday loneliness, and they found that 31% of the respondents to their survey said they felt lonely during the holiday season, and 41% have worried about a family member or friend feeling lonely. 
And, and, you know, we could cite other studies, but I feel like holiday loneliness is a fairly obvious thing, right? Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. we have a study or two to back it up, we, we know that it's, it's prevalent. And wanted to make one more allusion before we really dig into the topic on 1960s Christmas lore. <laughs> Andy Williams released the, the song in 1963, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Let's hear it. And Betsy, you've been begging me to sing this. <laughs> I feel like nonstop. And and I know I, always the, I know the people want it, but I'm just going to read it instead. <laughs> it goes, it's the hap- happiest season of all, with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the hap happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marsh- marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. First of all, I want to say to all of us who live in the South, does this automatically exclude us? We don't get snow. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, caroling out in the sand. We need us in Columbia, yeah. We need a southern version of this song. Yeah. Well, here's the reality, folks. Caroling out in our shorts. <laughs> Going for a bike ride or a swim. Yeah, right. <laughs> Christmas Day. The reality is, for many people, it's the lone, loneliest season of all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And look, you can Google holiday loneliness. You will find dozens of articles with titles like Six Ways to Deal with Holiday Loneliness. Okay, bets. Here's some things that they that those kind of articles, these generic articles, will say, and it's not bad stuff. Don't drink too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. Find a That's way to generally good advice. That is good, uh, whether it's the holidays <laughs> or not. Yep, but yeah, okay, people are prone to drink in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Find a way to volunteer. Take care of yourself. Practice kindness. Uh, don't make any huge life decisions. These are mm-hmm. good, solid pieces of advice, but we. As believers, as Christians, we think we can do better or we can certainly do more, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the Christmas, well, the holiday season broadly, Thanksgiving as well, and New Year's, um, you know, retailers tell us that holidays are just these blissful times to be with your family who's also close knit. And, you know, you come from hither and yon to gather together around a beautiful Christmas tree mm-hmm. or around a Beautiful turkey. And just as a side note, um, our turkeys have never turned out that good. Mm. And I'm kind of disillusioned with turkeys. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, but I, we shouldn't I, do listen, this on air. Yeah, this is a talk. <laughs> this is a discussion for another time, I guess. But I will just say, we have invested a lot of time into Thanksgiving turkeys, and I always feel like they're underwhelming. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's my rant about turkeys. So <laughs> anyway, getting back to my point... Um, you know, if you watch commercials around the holiday season, retailers just um, are selling the message, literally selling the message, that um, holidays are wonderful family time. And often they are. They're a really great time to see family you don't see very often, and often they're not. Maybe your family doesn't get along that well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there are things that are divisive that come up around the table. I remember so sure. many people talking about Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas right after Donald Trump was elected for the first time. It was like this big thing about what do you do if you have Trump voters and non-Trump voters together. Remember that? Um, So you can have, you know, divisive conversations or whatever. And um, But again, those retailers tell us that happiness comes through buying stuff and – you know, through these these moments that are usually bought at a store, this the magic of unwrapping something. Mm-hmm. And those of us who are old enough, you know, for a kid, it, it really is magical to unwrap something. Sure. But um, for those of us who are old enough to, to have experienced um, many holidays, gifts are wonderful. And it's not to say that gifts aren't wonderful, but, you know, the pleasure of something new is short-lived. And so if that is 
the sum and total of your holiday experience with your family, it, it really comes up empty. Yeah, I would say the message that we often see in our culture is to escape from suffering. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the sort of happy, clappy holiday happiness is really kind of an escape. It's a temporary, uh, but but deep down, many people know, you know, that that's not real. That's right. That can't satisfy. That's right. So, Bets, let me give uh, two ways in particular that I think we as Christians have have resources that the culture is not going to offer us uh, for dealing with holiday depression and, um, you know, not feeling all that we're quote-unquote supposed to feel during the holiday season. Let me make two points here. Uh, the first of all is that Jesus came in part to vanquish loneliness. Mm. We don't always hear that with the mission of Jesus. Jesus came to vanquish loneliness. He came to end sadness, isolation, disconnectedness, broken relationships. We, you know, we all, as Christians, we know that Jesus came to reconcile us to God. He also came to reconcile us to one another. Yes. And so we live in this world of broken relationships, of isolation. We were made to be together. But one of the first things we need to say as the church that stands on the gospel and stands on the Word of God is, Jesus loves you more than you can ever know or imagine. Mm -hmm. The lonely need to hear that. Uh, Jesus... Uh, fully accepts you and has reconciled you to God through his work on the cross. And that does not fully take away the pain of missing a loved one, because we we bear pains that we will bear until the day of glory. But it helps us and it reminds us that the greatest love that we need is the love of Jesus. Mm. And in Jesus, each of us finds love, acceptance, comfort that our hearts long for, And the lonely need to hear from us as Christians, I cannot heal your wounds, but I know a person who can, and his name is Jesus. Mm, Amen. So the first point I want to make here is that uh, Jesus is the answer to our loneliness. We alone as Christians can point to to him as the true source of healing and of acceptance and love. And that's the very first place we need to point people during the holidays. Here's the second thing. The lonely need to hear from the church and from us as Christians that all who have received God's love in Christ now have a family that can never be taken away from them, Mm. and that family is the church. And so, Bets, as we we look out and as we recognize the reality that no family's perfect, every family's broken, okay, it doesn't matter whether you voted Democrat or Republican, I mean, our family brokenness goes way beyond that. We have been... uh, welcomed into a greater family, the family of the church. And so now I want us to spend a couple minutes to just say, what can the church do to help with loneliness? And I have some thoughts, but I wanted you to lead off. Well, I think there are two different ways to look at the topic. We have to um, approach the topic for those who are lonely themselves and for those who aren't lonely but have a heart to help the lonely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the church is really... um, Ideally, that's the best meeting place for both, where they meet and connect, and the need of the lonely is filled, and um, the gift of embracing the lonely that God wants to offer to the lonely is fulfilled for the person who looks out. That's right. So uh, to look at this from both perspectives, if you're lonely, of course, that's not something that you, for most lonely people, are not going to say. They're not going to trumpet that. 
obviously it's something that that many people find embarrassing, mm-hmm. and, and we can relate to that. And some of that's our culture that tells us we're supposed to have a million friends on Facebook, and we're supposed to have a million friends, period, and just be an awesome person put together all the time. Right. But if you're lonely, we understand that that's a hard thing to bring forward. And for those who do not necessarily feel lonely, we need to be thinking about how can we make it easy uh, for a lonely person to make that need felt by others, to make us aware, to make others aware of that need. And just some ideas I want to throw out here. Uh, You know, pastors uh, and those who are in church leadership need to think about, are we creating any venues, any opportunities for the lonely to get together with other people, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, one thing that we did in our former church in New Jersey is uh, because we weren't living near our family, in one holiday in particular, I remember Easter, we would just basically say, hey, anybody who wants to come to our house for Easter, come on over, mm-hmm. right? And and because we had other transplants and we had other people that didn't have family around them. And I remember every year I'd be surprised how many people would come. Yes. You know, we had, we had some parties with maybe 20 people. Mm-hmm. And, and there are other people who are looking for a place to be during the holidays. Mm-hmm. So churches can think about how can we connect, how can we, you know, in a non-embarrassing way, you, you know, have a sign-up form or something like that for people to share a meal. It may not be Thanksgiving meal. It may be a meal around Thanksgiving, but a time to connect with other people in your church. Mm-hmm. Bets, talk for a minute about finding an excuse to give a gift to someone. I feel like I'm pretty good at this. You I are mean, good at this. I am. Um, I, I consider myself to be a talker extraordinaire, and our kids would agree with that emphatically. Highly, highly gifted. <laughs> You well, are. I just mean by volume, um, you know, by quantity of talking. <laughs> and quality. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think that there are so many opportunities around the holidays, as you said, to maybe look for a way to cheer someone up. Um, maybe it's paying attention to someone who probably gets overlooked a lot. Um, you know, there's the retailers tell you you need to get a gift for your post post office worker and um you know, your dog walker and a bunch of random people, but... Your if, pest control person. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they aren't at your house that much. Yeah, though. that's true. Um, but if you think about it, it is a great time to try to bless people who may um, not get as much attention or, or whatever. So that being said, it's a great time to maybe you have a Christmas open house, for example, and because maybe you're, maybe you're, um, you know, your real Christmas Eve and your Christmas or your Thanksgiving is spent with your family, which is fine. Um, so maybe beforehand you say, I'm going to invite all the neighbors and we're just going to have a Christmas open house. We're just, you know, we're just going to yeah. say, drop in as you can. You don't have to stay long, just drop in, have some goodies, talk to the neighbors, uh, feel free to leave whenever you know something like that is really doable, and um, even if you're even if you don't love hospitality, that's a fairly low commitment. Um, sure, or or you can also just bring your neighbors a tin of cookies. That's right. Just say, hey, look, I know you're in the neighborhood. You know, just thought I'd do this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an excuse to have a conversation with someone, right? And maybe even um, to invite. There are a lot of people who are willing to go to church around the holidays. Oh, absolutely. The Christmas Eve service. You, that right. is, you've got to give the invite for the yeah. Christmas Eve service. Yep. So yep. you can even you know slip a little card if, you're, if your church puts one out um, in with your cookies. Um, or maybe, maybe something in your children's school to be involved in your school in a, hmm. in a certain way. Or you know, it's a great time to bless your kids' teachers with a little gift to show appreciation. Um, but yeah, there are so many ways to reach out. During the holidays, um, our church has a great 
Christmas concert, the cantata. Cantata. That yep. is a fantastic way to invite people because everyone, in, I mean, generally people enjoy music, whether or not they're churchgoers. So that's another great way to extend, you know, holiday cheer to someone who may not have a bunch. Yeah, and it's a way to not be as completely direct in terms of of sharing our faith with others. Right. The last thing I'll, as we wrap up here, the last thing I'll say is just pray for an awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously during the holidays, we're all wrapped up in, in what we're doing with our own families, our own traditions. Just pray for an awareness to see there are other people around you who are hiding, who are in the dark, and, and who need that love and acceptance and community that only we can give. And it's a great time to think about the acronym JOY. Hmm. Um, Jesus first. Mm-hmm. You know, we the ultimate reason we're celebrating the holidays is to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us on the cross. Thank you for coming as a baby. Then to put others next. Mm-hmm. You know, what an example to our kids, if, if you're a parent, or to your grandkids, if you're a grandparent, to say, I want to make this a time of service, to, to find a way to get involved in the community, to help those who are underprivileged or whatever it may be. What a fantastic time to, um, to do some outreach. And then, you know, the, the, the why and joy is for you. It's not that we don't enjoy the holidays. We should. We should enjoy them more than anyone because we know the reason to celebrate the holidays. Well, thank you for joining us. Bets, tell our audience how they can get in touch with us. Well, we hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or on Google Play. As always, you can go to our website, anyprez.com slash podcast. There you'll find some show notes. And uh, also feel free to drop us an email. It's intersect at anyprez.com. We would love to hear from you. Any um, episode ideas or any kind of feedback, let us know. Yeah, Thanks for joining us and happy holidays to you. Happy holidays.